Hello and welcome to episode 11 of SEO On Demand. In this episode, we're exploring the surprising link between food service skills and SEO. We have a diverse panel of folks from Page One Power, and we're really excited to get started, but first, just a little bit of housekeeping. Page One Power is an SEO agency that specializes in sustainable link building and strategic content creation. With 11 years in the industry, we build over 15,000 links each year for our clients. Since 2010, we've offered services including custom link building, white label link building, technical SEO auditing, and content marketing. Visit us at pageonepower.com for more information. And now let's get started with this episode. So I personally have used this analogy multiple times, but the more I talk to other people in our organization and even with clients, the more I come to appreciate how a background of working in food service really does prepare you to do a lot of different things in SEO. Just for some context, roughly half of all Americans will work in the restaurant industry at some point in their lives, and approximately one-third of all Americans had their very first job in a restaurant. So this means that Many people have relevant perspectives and experiences for working in SEO, but they may not even realize it. So in this episode, we're talking to a cross-section of people from Page One Power who have worked in SEO for varying amounts of time in all kinds of different roles, and we're going to hear them explain how their different backgrounds in food service have led them to be successful here at Page One Power. So I've been working in food service in some form or another since I was 16. This is Tabitha Wilson, one of our link builders. Tabitha has been an SEO strategist and relationship coordinator for Page One Power since January. They've been freelancing in the SEO world since 2017. I started at Cold Stone and then went on to waitressing. And for a short time, I was studying to be a sommelier. Um, I haven't been working in food service very much since the pandemic, but my husband is a chef and hoping to open up his own restaurant. So I still am embroiled in the world. Yeah, you're, you're deep in it. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> very much so. Uh, and I will probably never leave, so that'll be fun. But yeah, and I worked in contract writing for SEO the whole time. So I was still building up my skills while I was working in food service. And now I'm at Page One Power. This is probably my first non-food service job and I do SEO link building. You mentioned that you were studying or in training to become a sommelier. Mm -hmm. That immediately is giving me real strong SEO vibes because I think the world of search is seen by people outside of it as very esoteric and complex, probably in much the same way that people look at the wine world and think there, there must be more to it and it must be this complex, unapproachable thing. So can you tell us a little yeah. bit about what that was like for you getting into the wine world in that kind of pinnacle way? Sure. So I was working at a local winery uh, a couple years ago, Mermaid Winery in Virginia Beach. And I, my manager was a sommelier and we were, all, we were all very much encouraged to like learn about wine. And an interesting parallel between learning about wine and learning about SEO is that they're both, they are more complicated and more simple than they seem from the outside. Certain things are a lot simpler, like for the wine world, there's only but so many kinds of grapes and wine can only be made in but so many ways, but it is the minutia of how those things are made that matters the most. And it is things like the grapes don't matter quite as much as like the terrain or the growing conditions or, you know, the weather and the rainfall that year. Similarly to how like Google and SEO changes on how the 
algorithm changes or how user behavior has changed. There's no, there's not necessarily any hard and fast rules in either one. And basically every hard and fast rule has been broken and successfully broken in both worlds. And also wine and SEO both attract a lot of very, I don't want to say kooky, uh, but very, <laughs> a very like specific kooky. kind of person. Yeah, yeah, kooky people. It's not um, wrong. It's yeah. There's there's a lot of room for being a super nerd in both arenas, and it's not if you're into it, you're like really, really into it. There's not a lot of very casual wine people, and there's not a lot of very casual SEOs in my experience. The other side of this is people who aren't necessarily SEO professionals, but are going to need to leverage it to an extent. In much the same way that for Thanksgiving this year, maybe someone wants to put a wine on the table and not look like a fool. So <laughs> how, how has it kind of helped you develop empathy for the people who they're not deep in it, but it still matters for their lives or their livelihoods? Yeah, it's helped me to clear up a lot of misconceptions about things and to understand as somebody who's come into both worlds as a complete beginner and learned how much I haven't known. I like to draw back to Dunning-Kruger a lot. Like a lot of people outside of wine and outside of SEO don't know how much they don't know. And a lot of their misconceptions aren't because they are trying to be wrong. It's just because they literally don't know how specific and how intertwined all of these processes are. Just for the benefit of people who don't know, can you explain what the Dunning-Kruger effect is? Yeah, the Dunning-Kruger effect is essentially when you don't know what you don't know. When you look outside to a concept that you're not familiar with and you think you know a lot about it because you don't know how much you don't know. Right. I, I feel like we see that every time we get a new client in SEO because we'll get <laughs> people who come to us and they're like, you know, I've, I've got a WordPress plugin. I've done some SEO. That phrase immediately makes the hairs raise on the back of my neck. Oh, I've, <laughs> I've done some SEO. I just need a little help. I need to make it a little bit better. And that's Dunning and Kruger effect, like in full form where they, they know just enough to be dangerous. They know enough to think that they've, they've covered their bases, but they don't mm. really have that deep understanding to go, oh, there's, there's actually more to this. And it's not just this one way street of I've done enough to get what I want. So I love that you brought that up because I think that also <laughs> yeah. applies in food service. It's like, oh, I've made cakes at home, so I kind of know what to expect. And then you go to a professional patisserie and it's like, no, this is, this is a whole other thing. Yeah. And it's similar with the wine world too. Like, I can't tell you how many people say, oh, I hate all red wines. And it's like, well, you just, you don't hate all red wines. You don't like an $8 grocery store cab saw that tastes like an oak barrel. You don't hate all red wines. You just don't know right. what it is. Well, nuance is very intimidating and frustrating because wouldn't it be nice, uh, especially as we're recording this, it's the day after election <laughs> day for the 2022 midterms. So I'm sure everyone is kind of dialed into seeing everything in very binary polar terms. And turns out the world is a very complicated gray place and SEO is no exception. Like you said, there's a lot of heavy air quote rules and all of them have been broken successfully at some point. So Ali, I, I wanted to get your background. Where, where are you coming from in the food service world? Yeah, I also, I had to think for just a second that I can't stop thinking about wine now. And I feel like just like wine, everyone wants to drink wine, but you don't know a lot about it. Everyone wants to like do well in SEO, but you don't know a lot about it. So it's cool that like you find those kind of esoteric similarities between the two of them. This is Ali Huska, another SEO relationship coordinator and strategist who helps build content links for our team. Allie has been at Page One Power for just over a year. So my background 
is I was like a chef and a baker and a caterer and really whatever any restaurant needed me to be um, wow. from like 18 to 23 in Seattle. So for a good like five, six years of my life, maybe it was <laughs> five it years was, that aged you 30 years. Yes, yeah. That's how I, food service works. <laughs> I moved to Seattle with a dream when I was 18 and I got hired at um, a pie shop that really like was excited to give inexperienced bakers like a start. And I started there and just kind of kept making my way through. And so had a lot of varied experience. My last job before I came to Page One Power was working for a nonprofit that created hot meals for houseless people in Seattle. So we would make like 500 to 800 meals a day for people. And we made it without, uh, we used like 80% donated product. So you would come into work every day and you wouldn't know what was in your fridge. And all you knew is that you had to make 500 meals that day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's like the nonprofit version of MasterChef or something. Yes, no, absolutely. Or the nonprofit version of looking at our deliverable board every day. (laughs) Right. You don't know what clients or what websites or what industries and Suddenly these people need 30 links. Yes. Yeah. So that was my experience. Um, I actually ended up leaving Seattle because I was just so burnt out on on food service work. The last job I did was really intense work every day. And that was what kind of it inspired me to go to school because I just knew I didn't have the skills to to keep up with the kind of like intense work that I was doing with the communities I was doing it with. So went to school and then after school ended up here at Page One Power. So that is my very long food to school to page one power track. So I'm curious, was it your experiences in the nonprofit world that got you interested in marketing or SEO specifically? Or is that something you learned about more through school? Definitely something I learned about more through school. I was really interested. I did mark like a marketing fellowship in school, definitely more focused on content creation for like social media and stuff like that. So once I got out and realized that there was kind of a more, I would say our job is more like a research heavy approach to marketing and content creation, a more problem solving oriented approach. And I think my nonprofit work and my school work and kitchen work all came together to really make me like that. The way our day-to-day changes, like I, right. I enjoy the day-to-day problem solving and the variety. Yeah. You yeah. talked about skills and having to kind of reassess your skills and going back to school, but it seems to me with the varied experiences you had preparing food and working with kind of unpredictable ingredients and workloads, that seems really, really relevant to the kind of dynamic approach you have to take to going, okay, here's an all new website. Who is this for? What are their keywords? How do I, how do I make sense of this? That seems incredibly transferable. I, I definitely think so. Yeah. I was, I was, reflecting on the position as I was trying to prepare for today and just thinking about it's like that adaptability that I I feel like that's what I took away more than anything is just like the ability to be able to fulfill any role any need that there's a lot of need fulfilling put on service workers and a lot of anticipation we have to do that isn't necessarily fair to people in those positions but I think it really transfers incredibly well to these kinds of environments where 
I do have to be a different person for every single editor I, I encounter. I have to be knowledgeable in a different space for every single editor. I have to anticipate their needs, respond to their wants, and provide them a product that is general enough to fit into my day-to-day -day workflow and also individual enough to, again, meet their needs. And so I think just kind of that really varied experience has made me really unafraid to to adapt yeah I just keep coming back to the word adapt I think <laughs> the pattern recognition that you have to learn in the service yes. industry really really helps you with you know figuring out the google algorithm and seeing things like yeah. that <laughs> like learning because I'm coming from a front of house perspective not just back of house but like learning the flow of a dinner service being able to spot a table and be like all right these are high spenders or these are people who want to be left alone or things like that and being able to recognize those patterns helps you form a way of thinking that's really good for SEO. Like, okay, this business site with all the links that are no followed is not gonna be worth outreaching or something similar to that. Absolutely. And the yeah. pattern recognition is also huge in baking, I imagine. You talked mm -hmm. about pies. You know, I think everybody has an opinion on like, would you use lard or butter or shortening? <laughs> like, how do you make your pie crust? And I think that that same pattern recognition thing applies in understanding how baking works. Because if something goes wrong, you know, there's atmospheric pressure when day and your yeast is behaving differently or whatever, it kind of changes everything, even though you're following the same recipe. And the way that Google is constantly updating and the algorithm changes and even the meaning of words that we use changes and the trends of what we search for changes. Like I remember 2020, all of a sudden, everybody was doing a lot of searches for haircuts. <laughs> and it's because they had to figure out how to cut their hair at home for the first time. And that was like Google's entire job for a week was teaching people how to cut their own hair in a mirror. <laughs> But that, that pattern recognition and responsiveness on the SEO side, it's like, so the world has dynamically changed. How does that affect how people are searching and what we need to serve them to actually provide the right results and help Google actually deliver useful information to people? When you know the fundamentals, just like with baking, you can pivot when something really out of left field happens, like a, a major weather event or, you know, a, a world ending pandemic. Yeah, I think in general with food service, like really what I think is helpful in this position is just its ability to let you to let you anticipate and pivot at the same time, because you're right in food service. When things go wrong, it's not just a conversation with a higher up or, oh, let's let the client know. It's the literal person sitting in your establishment doesn't get their food and you look like a fool. And again, I'm going to keep coming back to what is kind of put on food service workers. A lot of that comes back to you directly and you end up bearing the brunt of that and the consequences of because that. Because especially when you're, when you're providing SEO services to clients or to website owners, they're really looking for a specific experience, right? They yeah. want an outcome that they feel like they've paid for. Yeah. And we're not actually operating like cogs in a machine, like a watch that keeps time. It's very dynamic. It's chaotic. The situation is always changing. So yeah, we're, we're working as a team and we all have ownership of our part, but we also have to kind of collaborate and go, oh, you're completely swamped on that. I'm going to jump in because I know this needs to be done. Or, oh, I, I can't anticipate this is a problem, so I'm going to communicate this to you. Yeah. I think the back of house communication is so well reflected, even just in our company chat with people constantly asking questions like, 
I watch the conversations, even just that you have on the link building side, where you're you're managing all these different clients and you're trying to find the appropriate home for their links and reaching out to these editors and you're asking each other questions. It's just it feels hot behind. Like yes, yeah. And I wanted I, to bring up the terminology too, because like it, it changes your lexicon working in a restaurant and working in SEO. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, yeah. one from the front of house side too. It's like. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of mom and pop shops coming in and they need a few links to compete just in their their region or their city. And you get these enterprise clients coming in. And I just, I can hear like the hostess screaming, like, I just set down a 14 top. <laughs> All hands on deck. And now yes. we've got 32 tops coming in and we do not have the space yeah. for them. <laughs> that is actually our day to day. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. But in in those front of house or back of house positions, you you carry so much of what you could say like the client's emotions are, which right. is your customers. And so I think it builds it, like Tabitha brought up, like just the the pattern detecting, like it builds a very for better or worse strong desire to anticipate, like look ahead and see patterns because We don't want to run out of that dish. We don't want to have to tell you that we can't serve you that today. We don't want to have to close the restaurant down because we made an error and now we can't serve people. So it's, I think it builds in us just very like employees who look forward a lot. We're looking forward. We're trying to make sure we have the meal ready for the next person, for what they need, for whatever their dietary restrictions may be, whatever place settings. And so it just really creates that like desire to look ahead and create the station you need to serve the meal you need to serve for like lack of a more sophisticated analogy. Oh, absolutely. Like we, we are a link building agency and that's what we specialize in, but it's not just an assembly line of links all day, every day. We do actually have to cater to the different limitations and the different features of each website, the online communities that they're trying to reach and that maybe they have surprising connections to. So it's it's not 100% formulaic. Like there's there's a rhythm, you know, there's there's work so that we can do this at scale, but it also gets very bespoke very often and in always surprising ways. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so Lindsay, I'm curious what, what your experience in food service was. Were you front of house, back of house? So I was a little bit of both. I was actually a barista at uh, at Starbucks. This is Lindsay Dick. Lindsay has been an SEO relationship coordinator and strategist at Page One Power for almost two years. So that requires, I think, a very specific balance of skills that I have found specifically incredibly helpful with outreach Yes, because you're simultaneously kind of the face of the of the restaurant or the or the shop and also the person producing the producing the product so to speak right at the same time yeah right at the same time there were many times when i was behind the counter by myself so i was simultaneously taking the orders making the orders and being the person to handle issues and at the same time creating the best possible coffee that I could. So I I felt that that's been very useful for me in balancing outreach and getting clients the best links possible and balancing like the places where the links are going. So outreach is when we as outreach coordinators send an email to a site and say, hey, I really like 
the I really like some of the stuff you write, but this is one one way to outreach. I really like some of the stuff that you write. I would love to write this topic for you that fits into your blog. I would love to contribute some great content to you. And they say yes or no. There's a lot of debate on the best possible way to get them to say yes or no. We share a lot of tips amongst each other. Also, like we were saying earlier, the the many questions that we're always passing around are very back of house-esque. And they say, if they say yes, we give them some great content that also gets our clients a couple of good links. And hopefully we establish a long-term relationship with that site owner that we have outreached. And we're able to write really great content that helps their site and also gets our clients some really good relevant links. Interrupting the episode to bring you a free consult offer. Just before we forget, you can sign up right now for a free 30-minute SEO consultation from our expert team by clicking the link in the description. They can answer questions like, what keywords should you target? Do you need linkable content? And how do you compare to the competition? So once again, check out the link in the description. And now let's get back to the episode. The site owners have expectations as much as the clients do. And so you have to balance both of them. And that has, it's a very delicate balance. You can't, you can't put, you know, more, if you mess up the scales, so to speak, if you put more attention on one than the other, you're, you're going up and down on the seesaw, like you're flying off the seesaw at that point. Yeah, you're, you're in a role where there's a lot of ways you can fail. Right. <laughs> Maybe more ways to fail than you can succeed. And yet you're, you're expected to routinely succeed at this kind of surprisingly complex, challenging task. Right. Constantly, all day, at, at a very high rate of output. Right. And it's, simu- yeah, it's simultaneously about, because a lot of roles are purely customer service roles. And then there are a lot of roles that are purely production roles. And both this role and any food service role really is a pretty even split of both. And I think that's one of the biggest connections I've seen. And one of the things that I think has helped me a lot. And I, I kind of love both the, the parallels and the differences between you working in a Starbucks and Tabitha working as a sommelier because yeah. in the wine world. So the funny thing is I worked at a Starbucks for like three years in college. I worked at the one on my campus. So like, okay, the idea I was thinking is, and I'm sure Lindsay, you know how this is. Of course, like the majority of your customers just want like cafe mocha. It's whatever. It's fine. But then you get like the one in 20th person who wants an affogato frappuccino double mix with chocolate chips added in with one scoop of matcha powder, one scoop of vanilla, and that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. And of course, I, I would always like turn around a cold bar and give like the world's most cosmic eye roll when that <laughs> happened. <laughs> but it's, it's, we get something kind of similar with our clients. Like, I was thinking that when you were talking about wine, I was like, coffee is exactly the same. Nine times out of 10, they're just like, yeah, build us a link. We want it on a relevant site. We're good. And then one times out of 10, they're like, well, we want a DA of 45 traffic of 2000, things like that, which they're in their right to ask. We absolutely provide it. But the flow of, of personalization in, in Starbucks lines reminds me a lot of how our clients request things as well. Absolutely. That's the Dunning-Kruger effect again, I feel, where most people go, oh, you're an expert. You can help me get what I need. And some people go, listen, (laughs) peasant. (laughs) I know what I want. I know what I need. I just need you to do it for me exactly the way that I tell you to. Yeah. 
When I hear about the people who worked as baristas, my hat's off to you. This is Nicholas Robbins, our SEO client strategist. He's had five years at Page One Power and 10 years working in SEO. I love having a team at my back. I love taking responsibility of the situation and being able to handle it. So for you guys to be the only person there at the counter or the only one not occupying the drive-thru, uh, that's hard work. And really, you know, compared to some of the biggest names and most expensive chefs out there, that's still a very uh, intensive and challenging okay. position. My husband, who's worked in various kitchens and is a chef, often tells me that he would never, ever want to do front of house or barista work because... He's, he's more than happy just staying behind the line and popping out dishes and being all good to go. And you really, in both coffee and probably also wine and in restaurants and in SEO, you have your, your regulars right. that they come in every single day and you need to remember what they want and what they're going to ask for because they come in every single day. So they're expecting it. But even though this is the only restaurant they come into, we are dealing with thousands of people a day. I used to have a lady who came in every single day and she wanted a white chocolate mocha with matcha powder venti, but in a Trenta cup. And I just had to remember when I would see her walk in, I would just have to start making it because if she got to the front, she was going to be upset if I didn't know what she wanted. So even though I was looking at like a million people a day, I needed to remember that one lady. And I feel like it's the same with our clients. Like we're the only SEO company they deal with most of the time, but we have hundreds of clients, but we still need to remember what they, the certain clients that have certain things they do want, like certain clients who we know want to focus on one thing, want to stay away from certain things. It's, it's easy to assume it's, it's simpler than it actually is. Just like in restaurants, it's not just about the food. It's about communication and about relationships and creating an experience. And it's exactly the same in SEO. It's not just about the links. It's not just this raw count of data points that we're managing for you. It's about really under, understanding your space understanding who your visitors are, who else is on the web, who your competitors are, and communicating all these important details, needs, and expectations, and then balancing that with the, the challenges of reality and just the ecosystem we're working in. I just, I, I was thinking about everything Lindsay said, and I feel like Lindsay like really spoke to like just how useful, like just the basic act of having worked like in customer service, like just the basic act of like, learning to be personable, maybe when you don't want to, learning to be personable when you do want to, learning to be personable in ways that other people need you to be personable in order to like have a good experience. It's so like, you know, there are people you meet in your life and you just know that they've never worked a customer service job, never worked food service, customer facing yeah, positions. And it's so clear. And for, I think those of us that have, we, we interact with the world in like, a slightly different way, just slightly, you know, not, not <laughs> everyone. I don't mean to make huge generalizations, but it does just teach you to interact with like such a wide variety of people, both in your position, food service attracts all types of people from all types of walks of life and like your customers. And so it's a lot of just like constantly adapting who you are to just to make other people's lives easier, which again, I want to say that a lot of the stuff you learn in food service is both for like better and worse, but a long-winded way to say, Lindsay, you brought up just kind of like outreach and how it helps with your outreach. And we get outreach too from people yeah. and we dissect outreach sometimes as a group. And I'm constantly shocked by the lack of just talking to people like they're humans. 
And I think that's something that like, I'm wondering if you guys relate to that. Like I really take a very human to human approach in my outreach. And that's because I probably do it as if I'm doing customer service. So I'm wondering if y'all can relate to that. And if you can also relate to not letting things editors say sometimes like, like, like letting it slide off your back sometimes because a lot of us have been in front facing positions where we've again, carried the brunt of like a customer's emotions. And I think because of that, I have such a like, nonchalant attitude sometimes when when I receive things that might have hurt me in the past let's just say it that way do you guys relate to that (laughs) absolutely (laughs) (laughs) you have to have a thick skin to work in food service in any position especially because like I have been called I've been called some vile names like I've had stuff thrown at me like I've had to deal with especially working at like the wine bar you have to deal with people who are heavily Mm. intoxicated and like you gotta learn to navigate that and we were a high-end one too. So like, I just had to be like, mm, okay, ma'am. And it's like, no email can hurt me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like everything we do is over email. Like after I've had ladies screaming in my face because I made their ice cream wrong, like no email's gonna hurt me. I'm fine. Well, it teaches you perspective yeah. too. Like someone someone didn't love their meal. That's really disappointing. And you feel ownership of, you know, a suboptimal outcome. But at the same time, this this is an emergency medical right. service. You know, this emergency. is a rocket surgery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, we have the prep work and the, uh, the passion in place that we can pivot we can do what needs to be done to make sure we do get those results even if where we start isn't where we end up Um, even if what we're looking at you know from the original statement of work doesn't quite mesh Mm -hmm. up with reality it's because we've had to make steps to get there and we know where we're going along the way we have the experience we've developed the skills that we can make those changes my work for page one power i'm the seo client strategist Um, So basically, I work with what the client has when they first come to us from the outset, working with our project managers to figure out what's their starting point and where do we need to go to really make the best choices for them, do what we can for them down the line. My food service experience most recently, I opened uh, Galena Summit in the restaurant at Susha. I moved from there to Sun Valley. I was the Sun Valley Resort banquet captain for years, then went into private catering in Sun Valley, where I eventually got recruited by Jackson's and moved down here to Boise. So really, I've done a ton of chef work. I've done a ton of very high-end banquet captain where you are working with professionals the whole way. If you ever see a client, something went terribly, terribly wrong in those roles. And we have, we had quite a few celebrities that would come into the kitchen, either wanting to meet the chefs or quite upset with them. And we definitely had to have a place for them to be willing to take any feedback they brought along. But for me, it's it's all about the prep and it's all about the teamwork. Every great team has somebody in there doing the prep work, doing the legwork to make sure that everything's ready for the day. And every team that has you know a teamwork ethic going can make those changes, make that pivot, make sure we're doing what's right for the customer all the way down the line. Right. We we have other ways that we can get the results that we want. Like it's it's still possible to succeed. You don't want to disappoint anyone, but with a little bit of perspective you can go, "Oh, okay, that's a setback. How am I going to make this right?" The ability to read the room is one of those things that tells me if people have worked yeah. in food service mm-hmm. or not because right. there is nobody more insightful than your waitress <laughs> who has been a waitress for 30 Absolutely. years. There is not a single person on yeah. this earth that knows more about human nature Truly. than that person. You are on the front lines of humanity. <laughs> Truly, you really are. The reading the room is very important for us because, and like in a very different way, like like you were saying, like it's like a hybrid because we're just reading an email from this person, but we mm-hmm. have so much that we need to know about them 
based on that email. Mm-hmm. We really exactly. have to read between the lines of an email and because they they don't say what they mean a lot of the time. They really don't. And it's very important to be able to read into something as simple as like right. a three-line email because you have to make a snap judgment on like, say they don't give you a very enthusiastic, yes, you can write content for us. You need to then, or they don't give you a hard no or an enthusiastic yes. You have to read between the lines and really, is this worth me sending them another email and trying to convince them kind of thing? We've been talking about that a lot internally in our team, on our team as well. We, about looking at a site and being like, okay, I know technically this site meets metrics, but is this a site that our clients, we've been thinking a lot more about, Mm -hmm. is this a site our clients actually want or need to be on and being really intentional about that. Listening to Nick talk, the phrase that kept flashing through my mind was mise en place. Like talking about prep work. Sorry, that was the very very first time that uh, you mentioned this podcast. That was the first thing I thought of and how it's, it's, and it's so applicable to SEO. And Nick, I imagine you can talk on this a lot too, but like you can't build links if you don't have good content on your site, you know, like you can't cook a dish if you don't have a cutting board in front of you. Yeah. And for like, I feel like for all chefs, there just, there is a way to do things that, that keeps your work going, that keeps your work flowing and that keeps your product at a certain quality. And when you were talking, Nick, it just really like brought to mind the image of like setting up your workstation, gathering your ingredients, making your food for the day taking care of things in the dish pit, all these things that you do simultaneously while communicating with people. And then at the end of it all, you leave it clean, you leave it organized for the chef after you, even if that chef in this place is yourself coming into work the next day. But I just, I I really like, I I love the way you spoke on it because it really created that image of how we, how we stay organized and how we prep for both ourselves and our clients and each other. Exactly. And that the mise en place, the placement of your various tools, various processes you're going to go through, absolutely essential. If you don't know where your knife is, if you don't know where your fork is, you're not going to get anything done. And it comes that way, you know, just coming in clients, they have an idea of what they want. We want more people coming to our site. We want to rank for these keywords. Worst case scenario, you know, we want to be on these sites. You know, it comes back to us helping them understand what we can do for them, what they need to work on, how this works as a team effort. We really do take our own mise en place, our own tools. Once we have everything from the client, it's up to us to slot that information into those tools and work it through the process, going through our project managers, down to our content teams, getting everything through editorial all the way through. We also have, we do massive outreach for various sites to place everyone on. We get that information back. We're building those relationships. (laughs) It's that preparation. It's that really that strength, that skill that we've developed over years that makes us just do so well at what we do. And you just not bragging as much as we know what to do. We've been there. We've done it. And it's the details that matter in that prep too. Because it's like, yeah, you need to have your ingredients. You need to have your knife. You need to have that ready. But you also need to have like a rag tucked into your pocket. (laughs) Like my husband specifically, he always has a rag tucked into his apron strings because you don't want to be, you know, (laughs) knee deep in a dinner service. And then suddenly you have a mess and you have to go all the way back to the dish pit to grab a rag. No, you got it right there. Yes. And that's one of the very small details Mm -hmm. that you don't, as like a beginner chef, you don't think of. There's little details that you pick up that you know are necessary over time. Well, it's kind of the Dunning-Kruger thing again, right? You, You can learn the basics of SEO very quickly and go, okay, links matter, keywords matter page design, page speed, these things matter. 
and here's some things I can do to influence that. And you're kind of like that brand new chef who's got his white apron on and no rags <laughs> in his pockets because you don't realize, oh, I can use this to sanitize. I can use this to plate. I can also use this as a hot pad to pull things out of the oven before they burn. Yeah. Like I need this tool on hand at all times. You kind of, you burn your fingers a few times before you realize, oh, like there's, there's a smarter way to do this. And that's why it's also okay to just go out and get your food if you're not a yeah. <laughs> You know? <laughs> it's exciting. It's rewarding. But the experts are experts for a reason. Trust the experts. Yeah. Yeah. And we all want to be amateur chefs in our home kitchens but it's not it's not ever going to be quite the same is it it's okay to door dash yeah. it really is it's just fine it's okay <laughs> i have one question i wanted to ask just as a last thing like i know we all touched on this a little bit but what got y'all into seo like it's such a niche field it's a very specific thing and i feel like everybody ends up in seo on accident yes or at least has like a good story for how they got into it so i'm curious with everybody's stories well i can start okay. yeah yeah i i was thankfully after i graduated i got recruited by one of our our now manager because i i knew her i guess recruited maybe isn't the right word she was like hey i think you'd be really good at this i think your skills would i can only speak for myself but that was kind of the hook was I think your skills would really apply to this job and and they did <laughs> for me it was like Tabby said it's a complete accident I was a writer for my university's online newspaper and so that's what I did when I was in college and for a few years uh, and then I left college did something completely different I was actually a behavior therapist for kids with autism and after that, I did that for a while. And then I ended up completely by accident being offered a job as an SEO content writer for a very small startup that I knew the CEO kind of tangentially through a family friend. And it was a complete accident. Like I just tripped and fell into it. And because of I, I just happened to be a writer and I had writing experience on my resume and they needed someone like quickly. So, and then I just, I, I actually kind of had the same story. I also wrote for an online newspaper in university. It wasn't affiliated with my college. It was called the tab and they were associated with babe.net. So I wrote for them for a while. And then I did an internship with them that vo focused on like SEO and viral marketing. And from there, I was just, I just thought SEO was cool. I've always been somebody who really likes algorithms and pattern recognition recognition. So it kind of like scratched itches in my brain. So after college to make ends meet, I just took like SEO contract writing jobs and kind of kept up with it freelance. But yeah, it happened into it completely on accident because I wanted to write. As it happens. Yeah. I, I, got, I got hit by a truck. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an accident. Yeah. yeah. Big in staff, big physical uh, labor stuff. And you can't do that from wheelchair. So I got into the writing world. I was writing for Travel Leisure Magazine. And you know, as it comes out, everybody needs writers. Everybody needs content writers. Um, I got big into the freelance world for 10 years. I supported myself and my daughter as a freelancer. And then this opportunity came available with a local company that was hiring great content writers. And from there, I learned, holy cow, there's a whole strategy side of this that is being developed as it goes. And for me, that was it. I absolutely love strategy. I absolutely love the way things work together. Um, I always joke that I want to be that combat multiplier helping everybody else do their best. So that's what got me where I am. And that's where I'm happy to be. The common thread I'm seeing in all these stories. Yeah, it's an accident. He didn't, he didn't necessarily grow up like, oh boy, I want to work in SEO when I'm a real adult. 
but everyone has this journey of communication and relationships because that's really the core of what SEO is, right? It's it's about managing communications in this electronic ecosystem. And it's about fostering and utilizing real relationships between people, entities, organizations, whatever, which isn't that also what food is about at the end of the day? Yes, <laughs> you're so right. That was a lot of fun for me. I really enjoyed listening to our different panelists talk about their respective experiences. If you liked this episode and want more content like it, do be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and check out pageonepower.com to follow our blog and see what kinds of things we have to say next about SEO, Google, and the search marketing world.